Welcome to Embody You Podcast, and this is your host, Artemis Rose. Here on Embody You Podcast, you will find conversations around all things embodiment, connection, joy, authenticity, creativity, and soul-centered living. Pretty much anything that supports you living as your highest, honest, and fullest expression of you as your authentic self. It is my intention that these conversations will spark a little flame in you to help you feel a bit more connected, a bit more understood, a bit more empowered, and a bit more you. After each podcast, you can feel free to send me questions or comments at embodyyouhome at gmail.com and please like, subscribe, and share the podcast. Reviews are welcomed. I am really excited to introduce to you Savannah. You're going to hear her a little bit uh, shortly coming up, but I I did want to give her a formal introduction before we jump into the conversation on how to love you without losing me. So Reverend Savannah Noel is a speaker, teacher, spiritual counselor, and coach. She supports people in their discovery of healthy, connected, conscious, intimate relationships and worthiness. She's an ordained minister with a master's degree in consciousness studies, and she's been a guest speaker at events in London, Vancouver, and Cairo. She has facilitated groups and events in many countries all over the world, from the Middle East to Eastern Europe, and she continues to lead sacred spiritual retreats globally. Savannah has been featured on the cover of Science of Mind magazine, where her article, The Sacred Amidst the Shadow, was featured. She is also based in Seattle, Washington. You can find her on Instagram at Savan, so S-A-V-I-N-O-E-L-L-E, or Facebook Savannah Noel, her first name S-A-V-A-N-N-A, last name Noel, N-O-E-L-L-E. You can check out the bio of this podcast episode where more details of where to reach her will also be at. Hi, everybody. This is Artemis Rose, and this is Embody You Podcast. And today I have a special guest, and her name is Sylvana Noel. Hi, Savannah. Hi there. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. This is going to be great. Yeah, and so the the title of today's podcast is How to Love You Without Losing Me, and we're going to dive into more of what that's all going to be about, but I I did want to share a little background story of how I met Savannah. I met her a couple of years ago. I, I think it was probably like four or five years ago on Facebook, which I've I've met a lot of people like through Facebook around that. And I was automatically drawn to her, just who who she is. She really does embody who she is. And one of the things that I really appreciated about her is she's really grounded in authenticity in, in, in the work that she does and in the spiritual spaces that she also exists. Uh, because I know there's there's shadow, there's shadow and light in so many different spaces and places, but I can say that experiencing her she's definitely grounded in a woman of integrity and so it's really awesome to be able to invite her on the podcast because uh my journey took like a whole detour these past couple of years and it's an honor to be able to like connect with you again and um to be able to yeah talk talk uh with listeners around just authenticity and and primarily though the focus today is going to be on the topic of like codependency and like abandoning oneself and how do we, how do we learn to bring our whole selves to relationships without losing ourselves? And we're going to be digging a little deeper as to maybe the patterning and like the, why do we still get stuck in relationships and situations that we know, (laughs) like we know we, you know, like, the moment that you enter it, you're like, yeah, this is not, <laughs> this is not the path, but we still, our soul decides to still embark on this uh, journey. So I'm looking forward to hopefully listeners, you'll be able to get a little bit of clarity and awareness. Hopefully you'll be able to release some shame in being able to just connect a little bit with your humanity, because I think that's really important on this 
process of embodying of who we are is just more self-acceptance. And so I, yeah, I just want to thank you again, Savannah. So I wanted uh, to start with, uh, maybe you could share a little bit about the title because I know we had a little, a little uh, brief, you know, touching back and forth and trying to come up with an idea of, of what to talk about. So yeah. can you share more about the title? Yeah. So how to love you without losing me. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I love to talk about all of this stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I think that this title came because I have spent a greater portion of my life uh, really looking at codependency and the need to find validation outside of myself in all sorts of things, primarily intimate relationships and notice that over the span of my life, I was really grasping, grasping for love and attention and validation and appreciation that I didn't realize I wasn't getting as a child. Like it went so far back in my life that I spent many years where I didn't really know myself. And then I would get myself into situations with people where I would completely lose myself in a sense but it's crazy because if you don't know yourself how do you lose yourself well and that's so that's what we're going to get into today is that the juice of that of what where does that foundation come from and um how do we bring ourselves back to an aligned place within ourselves what does that even mean you know uh, do we even have a language to explain that and articulate what that is uh, because oftentimes we lose ourselves and we don't even know it like right we're in it and we don't even know that that's happened until so far in and the pain has become so great and the disconnect has be become so great that life then starts to be unmanageable. That's typically when people, you know, they have a breakdown and ultimately hopefully a breakthrough where they go, oh my gosh, something has to change in my life, right? So that's why the title came is because the, the question then is, well, how do I love this person how do I stand in the wholeness of who I am and love myself ultimately, first and foremost, and not lose myself in relationship to you? Yeah, I like that question that you you posed because it's a lot more complex, right? The how is just, you, you mentioned so many layers in that, how do we even how do we even know if we don't know ourselves? And usually so often it gets to the point where we are so deeply into the relationship that we get to a point of being so stuck and even more disconnected from ourselves that then we do have that wake up call of, okay, I need to, I need to get out of this. And then even then that's a whole process of grieving and reclaiming these parts of ourselves that we had given away. So I'm curious then, I know this is like a very big topic, but so what would you say then is the beginning of the how then? Like how how do we begin to love love others without losing ourselves? Yeah, this is definitely, a, a, I would say a lifelong journey, right? I've always said to people that spiritual growth and any type of change and growth is not a linear process. You know, it's like peeling the layers of an onion you peel one layer and you discover something else about yourself and then you peel another one. But the thing is, is that people have to uh, have a willingness and a curiosity. And I think that's where it starts is that you have to become self-aware and conscious. And most of us, I would say, most of um, society uh, is, a, is, is walking the planet kind of asleep you know, we go to our job and we, we come back home and we have our relationship and we go to dinner and we do the normal things, you know, but, but I feel like the meaning that we seek is, um, starts to happen when breakdown starts to happen, right? And so we have to come back to um, a curiosity and a willingness to want things to be different. And that often doesn't happen until we are pushed by pain, uh, until something painful and tragic or circumstances become difficult. This pandemic actually showed us a lot mm -hmm. about that. It forced us into becoming more self-aware, into becoming resilient. Um, but I think that that journey starts with knowing the self. Knowing the yeah. self, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely knowing the self. Yeah, knowing the self and not, <laughs> not sometimes I think the self that, and that, I think that's where embodiment comes in, right? Because there's knowing self, like the awareness, the spirit within us that knows that we're not our thoughts, our feelings, our body, our experiences, right? Because that's where the acceptance comes in through divine presence, which I know is all about, that's like all of your jam and, and a lot of what you share um, about. But but then the embodiment piece is like, but you ha have to also be really in your body to really and become intimate with these parts of ourselves to really hold ourselves and then to really be able to discern how to really care and attune to ourselves uh, and what we need. And, and for listeners that are, uh, you know, I was going to say listeners who are listening, but attunement there, I have a previous podcast episode with that, with Yvonne, where we go more into detail if you're curious about that. But I think uh, where the embodiment piece comes in well, relating it back to self is like the more that we're able to live more intentionally from self, it's because we've, it's always a process, like, but integrated so many of these parts of ourselves. So mm -hmm. um, to simplify it, though, going back to maybe attunement and abandonment, right, is uh, when we give parts of ourselves away, like we're not present with ourselves, right? We're not attuned and we begin to just kind of go along with what other people are wanting and needing. So I'm wondering if you can maybe, yeah, expand on this, Savannah, yeah, a little bit more about this. Yeah, I think that self-abandonment is so interwoven with our sense of worthiness, our sense of um, deservedness. So if I go way back into my childhood and I start to examine it, so I get curious and I go, okay, something doesn't feel right in my life and my relationships are all dysfunctional and I have trouble leaving them and I don't know when to go. And I mean, all, when all that starts to happen, I can actually go back into my childhood. And, and I'm saying this um, so that I can relate to your listeners in terms of if, if anyone is listening who um, has been experiencing that, this question of, well, where do I begin? How do I know? Like, where do I even start? Well, the first place you can look is your childhood. Like the messages that you were, you know, given as a child or the, the things that you learned about yourself that weren't true. It all, all of that, I think the foundation of this starts with your worthiness because self-abandonment, we self-abandon when we aren't connected, as you said, aligned, when we're not aligned with ourselves and our true nature. And our true nature, uh, in my viewpoint, is that we are divine, that we are connected to the wholeness of all life, that there's no separation between me and source, divine love, um, the universe, right? But somewhere along the way, I forgot. As a child, I was given messages and, and culture and society to, you know, showed me, mirrored to me that somehow I was not enough. Mm -hmm. And then I, then I would spend my whole early childhood, which is what most of us have done, needing to prove that I'm worthy. And that looks like people pleasing. It looks like overfunctioning. It looks like um, overworking, um, too much addiction in our lives. Um, fill in the blank, right? Fill in that void. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the rock bottom foundation of this that we have to look at is our relationship to ourself. It's we're the common denominator in all of our relationships, right? And so what I had to start thinking about was. It's not these people you're involved with, Savannah. It's your relationship to yourself. You continue to abandon you. So you have to, as you were saying, when you're um, taking back these different aspects of yourself, for me, that translates to power. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about the kind of dominant power mm -hmm. that we talk about. I'm talking about your own personal inner knowing, your own intuition, your own power that we so often give away to other people thinking that they are somehow going to validate us or make us feel whole, right? And so it's taking your power back. And we do that by cultivating a relationship with ourselves, mm -hmm. right? That's where the work actually is. Yeah, there's so many good things that you shared here in terms of, I love how you made the distinction about the power, because I think we do have a, 
a misunderstanding of what power is from this proving energy, right? <laughs> like I got it all, you know, I'm going to just take it back for whether it's forceful energy or it's even a power that's also void of our vulnerability, right? Because I think uh, taking our power back is like this knowing that's also very sacred and, and soft, right? And when you know the truth and embody it, there's no need to prove it or yeah, there, there's no need to prove it at all. And I think in speaking about these, these parts, I think, uh, cause I'm trying to also like, uh, relate it for, for listeners. I think when we, when you mentioned growing up, we get these messages, right? So let's kind of break it down. Some messages could be right. Don't, don't talk this way or don't be this way. So then you learn to kind of tone down a specific part of yourself. Right. And, uh, or maybe you heard that you weren't allowed to feel sad or you weren't allowed to feel upset. And so because you learned that these parts, they were wrong, you hid these parts of yourself. And then that ends up leading you to um, not show up because, because when these showing up as your whole self, it's like, you're able to actually um, attune more and see what you're needing in the moment instead of, uh, instead of hiding and, and um, wearing these masks, you know, like, so for, I'm trying to break it down and, and you can totally uh, help me Savannah and what I'm trying to get at. Cause you might be able to, to hear what I'm trying to say. But so for instance, say you get a message about anger that it's bad. And then you, you, you connect in a relationship and something that a partner does, doesn't feel good maybe they disrespect you or whatever, but then you learned maybe anger wasn't okay. And you, because you thought in order to be good, you need to just stuff the anger and, or you just, you need to be kind and loving, right? These like rules that we kind of le learn at the expense of being authentic, right? So you abandon yourself instead of being in your body and your knowing of like, Hey, this actually doesn't really feel good. I actually feel really angry and hurt by this and instead of holding your boundary and holding your truth you could easily just abandon yourself by kind of pushing that that under the rug yes yes oh my gosh this this is um where all the juice happens because um it's scary to have to look at ourselves it's scary um when we're triggered by something and we don't know where it's come from right so to add to what you were saying about the hidden beliefs i would call them um yeah the hidden or the unconscious beliefs sometimes that mm -hmm. we hold as children um the the idea that children should be seen and not heard that's very apparent in families or that we have to have secrets or we don't talk about that at the dinner table um or you don't get too big for your britches, you know, is something that I heard, you know, which was the message in there was don't be too big, you know, don't play at all out, don't shine your light, right? So then when you, as you were saying, you're put into a situation with a, let's say a, a romantic partner where this gets triggered, oftentimes if you're not self-aware enough to know that, that that's operating, that that belief has shown up, then it can look like World War II. I mean, it is like, both people are triggered and that is where um, doing this work, why this work is so essential. It's, it's, um, but I want, I want people to understand too, though, that, that there's no blame or, or shame about this, you know, like when we are on the conscious path and we're discovering these things about ourselves, there's this common um, feeling of like, man, like, I, God, I didn't know this about myself. And mm -hmm. you know, we fall back into this pattern of being a victim mm -hmm. then to our circumstances because we think, gosh, I didn't know that I was doing this my whole life and why haven't I figured it out and all of that. And so what I want people to know is that this is part of the layer of that onion. This is about part of the becoming. This is part of the integrating. So it's one thing to know it intellectually. It's another, as you were saying, to, to embody and to be an integrated being. And so while you're going through this process, it's messy. Like it is messy and you're gonna um, have the ups and the downs and you know, healing, the path to healing is not a straight line, you know? And so I think it's important that when people start to examine their hidden beliefs, those, the things that they were taught 
as children, I think that's where I go back to is what were the messages that I got? Personally, the messages I got were uh, uh, a man, like my, my father is not around and not present. Mm -hmm. And because of that, um, I learned the message was, well, you're only loved when he gives you just a little bit. So love to me meant I'm gonna show up and then I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna show up and then I'm gonna, and I'm gonna leave. So guess what? I've attracted in all of my relationships up until this point. I mean, thank goodness I've finally come to that, um, that integration that I'm talking about. But for years I, I was in relationships that modeled what I learned from my father, which was, I love you, but I don't love you. I love you, but I don't love you. So then I would, would ask myself, you know, in therapy, like, why, why do I continue to attract the same unavailability? Why? And then I found myself not able to leave it. And the reason why I would say that I couldn't leave it was because that need and that validation and that um, need for love that I never got from a young child, I was looking for it in all the wrong places. I was not looking for it within myself. And that is what we're, we're talking about here is coming back to ourselves. And that's the hardest part of this is really looking through and sifting through all of those um, hidden beliefs, right? Of like, for me, it's abandonment and rejection. That, that's the thing that I've had to really look at of, well, what would it look like if someone else didn't actually abandon me? What if when someone walks away, I didn't consider it as abandonment? What if I didn't abandon myself in that moment, right? And I think that's where we have to get to in our, our mindset and our integration of the work is that what happens in our life is, and I'm going to get a little spiritual jargony on you. Uh, what happens in our life is by right of consciousness, because everything is energy. It's a consciousness is cause. So whatever I'm, I'm experiencing in the world has been created from something deeper within me. And that's what we're talking about when, when we talk about our hidden, you know, unconscious beliefs. I hope this is translating. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I appreciated your personal example, which I think is so relatable. <laughs> yeah. You know what I think many listeners and I know even me in terms of attracting, you know, these the unavailable uh, partners, you know, which says a lot about our own unavailability towards ourselves. us being really in integrity with ourselves and continuing to go within. And I also loved that you talked about the shame and the blame because that right there, it is messy. And I think though, what you did share about the, what happens if we didn't take it personal, that it wasn't about them abandoning us, but us really abandoning ourselves. I think that's what we, we struggle. Well, this is my opinion, but I'd be curious about your opinion. I think we struggle though, with sitting with that discomfort of rejection, because especially for listeners who are like, you know, you're probably somebody who, you know, you want to be your best self. You you're on this personal growth path, but there's a lot of underlying shame still that's playing out. Mm -hmm. And when you're rejected and abandoned, it could really trigger that shame, that feeling of like, oh man, I'm just, there's something wrong with me. And if we don't know how to learn to be with that shame it's so easy to collapse in our energy and to really turn it inward instead of allowing those moments to be a reclamation of these parts of ourselves mm -hmm. to really bring these parts more home back home to the truth and so yeah I really love that you you mentioned that because I think uh it's very easy and in, in when it comes to relationships to trigger so much of our vulnerability that we can stay stuck in making it still about the other person and how they're not showing up. And yet it's like, well, how honest are we being with ourselves with how we're showing up? How, how, how attuned are we being to our felt sense towards our needs, towards taking care of ourselves, towards what we actually are clear on and what we want. Mm -hmm. I think the deeper, the more embodied we are, the more that we're able to have discernment of, of seeing, seeing how things play out in relationships too, right? Or at least taking it slow to allow things to be revealed. I just know my last podcast episode, uh, the, the previous guest, we talked about feminine and masculine uh, 
reunification, right? And what I love that she said was, we tend to project so much on being on safety on men, right? When really safety is really comes from God and our relationship with God and us healing our own inner masculine and, and that, right? And that comes with discernment, right? It's like, no, we don't want to fully surrender to, to a partner because they're flawed. <laughs> they, they have all their trauma. If we're going to surrender, we're going to fully surrender to God. And in that process of, of commitment in dating, it's like, it's taking it slow and really getting clear on how am I feeling about this? Like, what, what do I value? Like, how is this feeling? How, yeah. How is this, uh, how, yeah. It, does this align with, with who I am and, and, and where I'm headed? And I think we have a hard time slowing down when it, when it comes to dating. Right. Yeah. I think, I think we have a hard time slowing down because of the need for that external fill in the blank. Right. And I think that some of the stuff you said, it's so beautiful uh, the work you're talking about, but it's also for some, it seems too hard to get there, you know, cause you're speaking and I, and I understand this cause I'm there, but you're speaking from a place of, of when we know ourselves, when we honor and respect ourselves and our needs, I work with clients all the time who struggle with, uh, deservability, with worthiness, with feeling good enough, um, staying too long. And I think that that's another thing that's really important for us to talk about is why do we stay? Why do we stay stuck in this, in a relationship we know that's not good for us? Or, you know, what, what is it about um, the self, self-sabotage? Like, what is that? Why are we sabotaging what it is that we ultimately say that we want? And I think it comes back to having a deeper self-respect uh, and work, feeling worthy of something greater. For me, I know I have stayed in, in relationships way too long because uh, I might have intellectually understood that I deserve to be treated better, but there was some weird discomfort in the comfort of knowing what that unavailability is like. I can navigate unavailability all day long. I know exactly where, where to go. I know what boundaries to not push. I know how to stay silent when I have to. I know how to stay small even in unavailability. I know that dance. But the real question then became, what would availability feel like in your life? If you honored and loved and respected yourself and knew your worthiness, what would it feel like if someone walked into your life that was completely available? Would you run the other direction? Because your old patterning says, no, 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 no. I know how to operate in unavailable people and with them. Right. And so that to me is the hardest part is because we're assuming that people have some idea of what their needs are or that they have some self-respect already. But I want to operate from this idea that what if we don't, you know, sometimes it's hard to leave a relationship that we feel so connected to this person. And, you know, it's easier to, to, to see what we love about them than it is to look at the things that we don't, right? Mm -hmm. And so in my case, I would settle for projects and potential. So my excuse would always be, well, he's got potential and I'm in the self-development field. I can see that he's growing incrementally and it might be really small growth, but I can see it's happening, but I never got the thing, right? I never got the full version of it. And so then I realized, oh, you've got to become within yourself, all of those things that you're wanting your partner to be. Mm -hmm. That's where the work is. And I think that's the hardest part. Then you're able to leave it. You're able to leave it when you don't need it to satisfy that addiction, to satisfy your validation or your need to not feel abandoned or rejected. That is, I think, when you really know I've done the work, I can exit right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I appreciate you grounding me back to for listeners. So I apologize listeners if I got a little sidetracked there, but uh, yeah, no, I appreciate you grounding us back to the tough reality of how much, how tough it is, how, how tough it is to really uh, not abandon ourselves and how 
normal it is to continue repeating these patterns over and over and over and over and over. And I think uh, it's also so normal to be in our heads of, yeah, cognitively, we know that. And I think that's what triggers a lot of the unworthiness though too, right? Is man, well, I know this, why does this keep happening? Like, how do I freaking heal it? Right. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, and this is sometimes what I share with clients got to honor your nervous system capacity. Like if you're reading information and it's making you feel worse about yourself, (laughs) you want to put some boundaries around it because that's where the journey asks you to come more inward. And if that, if you don't feel safe enough to be in your felt experience, to just sit with yourself, which is okay. We have, we're human. We need co-regulation. We're not, we're not meant to exist all by ourselves. Right. And that could actually be a patterning of, of, of entering relationships where we abandon ourselves. Right. Is if we kind of what you were referring to being comfortable, like I know I've been very comfortable for so many years of, oh yeah, I don't really, um, I'm comfortable with unavailability because, um, yeah, I'm comfortable with that. And I'm, I'm cool because I don't need a lot either. Like I'm, you know, like I could do it all on my own. And that was, you know, that's a part of the unworthiness too, right? Is when you're just overworking, overdoing it, trying to be like struggling with perfectionism issues. And so you kind of downplay, well, you're first not attuned to your needs, like really caring for yourself, right? Because it's like you're swimming in just maybe, um, just working a lot or, or, you know, whatever addictions or whatever struggles. And that translates into downplaying in the, the relationships that you enter of, oh, I don't need, I don't need this or no, that's, that's not that much. Like I, you know, so I'm curious then what, how, yeah, I guess, how do you work with clients around these particular issues that we're speaking of? Mm. Well, I think that uh, instead of thinking about the bigger, longer journey of the picture of where they want to go, which is part of the the process is we want to know where we want to go eventually, you know, um, into wholeness with ourselves, but to give people baby steps. So ways of self-care that I think are really important ways to come back to ourselves, like I can, we can say all of these things and I can say, well, you've got to take your power back. And most people say, well, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, or uh, they'll say, well, you've got, I'll say, you need to do the work. And they're like, I don't even know what, what does it mean to do the work? Well, it's all of this. It's really your ability to just be aware. So it starts with your mindfulness, with your awareness. And I would coach people through Uh, baby steps of, are you seeking therapy? Are you in some sort of community that is going to remind you to connect with yourself? Because like you said, we um, need to be in community as well. We need other people um, in order to thrive, but we also need to learn how to regulate our own nervous system Mm -hmm. and being with ourselves. Um, And that's a whole nother podcast that you could talk about in terms of our central nervous system and how that plays a key role and also why it's hard for us to leave relationships and why we stay for too long. Mm-hmm. There's that component as well to oh, yeah. our childhood and, and, and that, that too matters. But I think that it just, it starts with being so gentle with yourself as you start to awaken, as you start to learn more about these different layers that you didn't know were there. And uh, you know, we're always on a path of discovery. I don't think the learning ever stops. Mm-hmm. It just goes deeper and deeper and deeper as, as long as you're willing. So that's why I bring those two words, curiosity and willingness, because in order to do the work, you've got to start with at least some curiosity. Like, why does this keep happening? Okay, I'm going to examine that question a little more. Um, and then the willingness to be alone. You know, sometimes I've, I've told people, you need to get off the dating app. Go off the dating app for 60 days and allow yourself to have a relationship with you. Really be present to how you feel. Most of us don't want to sit in the discomfort, as you said, like we don't want to sit in being alone, but there's a difference in being alone and being lonely. And so where we want to get is to the place of, well, how can I enjoy my own company, the company that I keep and be in love with myself in my aloneness? 
and really get to know myself and really get to know what are my personal boundaries? Mm -hmm. What are my personal needs? Um, and then give those things to ourselves. And that's, I think, where we have a challenge is most of us are like, well, I need X and we go out there looking for it <laughs> instead of taking yeah. time to come back to ourselves. That's, I think, mm -hmm. where we have to start. And it's a yeah. courageous, it, it is not for the faint of heart, you know, it's <laughs> courageous to be on this path. It really is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a lot of uh, having episodes and it's really messy and it's a lot of grace oh my gosh it requires so much grace and I love the fact that you're you simplified it with just even self-care consistency momentum you know if it doesn't have to be complicated maybe it could just be as simple as you learning that you need to move your body a little more consistently throughout the week or maybe it's you being still a little bit more and not moving your body. I mean, it just depends. That's why it's so personal, right. To our path. And that's why I think too, it's important, you know, you can read all these things, but it's really about the connection to yourself because at the end of the day, what's going to look like for one client is going to translate differently for another client of what self-care you're needing in the moment so I really, yeah, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. So what do you, what do you think are the deeper un, unworthiness issues that are surrounding, you know, the, the abandonment and what we're speaking to? Oh gosh. Abandonment is such a big uh, conversation. Um, because if we want to dive into the spiritual ideas around this, if we understand that we're connected to something far greater than us, and you could call that by many names, the universe, you know, uh, the cosmos, uh, higher intelligence, you could call it love. If I'm connected to that, and that is everything that is, and it's the activity of what's happening in the world of effect right now. If I understand that I'm connected to that, then the belief that I am separate from it, I'm not, I'm, I'm, it is everything, right? And so how do I tie this into this whole idea of abandonment? Well, if I can come to the notion or even the idea that I could never truly be abandoned, I am never truly abandoned. I am never truly betrayed. Those concepts in and of themselves, if you could just sit with that in your meditation or you know, your, your reflection time of what if I, I could never honestly really be abandoned? Because when you are fully uh, in communion with yourself and with a higher source and higher power, you can never be abandoned or, or betrayed. And so when I, when I started to um, practice this in my own life, the minute my human self would get triggered by feeling quote unquote abandoned or quote unquote rejected, I would take myself through the actual feelings of feeling that way of gosh, this doesn't feel good. This feels awful and allowing myself to feel all of it, getting all of it out of the body, but then coming back to a higher awareness and um, understanding that I'm connected to all of life and that there is a, there's a, a divine reason for everything. I believe that some people may not, but I think that everything's connected and it's here to inform and educate and help me learn more about myself. And so if I think of it in those terms, then I'm able to go, you know what? I can, I can hug myself and say, you know what? You're not abandoned, Savannah. You're not actually rejected. What, what that person's actions were or their behavior is no reflection of who I am. It, is, it has no bearing on who I am or how I have to or can show up in the world. It doesn't mean it didn't hurt. It doesn't mean that um, I am angry. It doesn't mean that uh, I might even have some unforgiveness. But it just, it means that I get to practice at a deeper level. Again, how do I connect back to my true nature? Which is that I am one with all of life. That oneness exists everywhere. That I'm connected to something greater than me. And I, I, that is, that's where I find grace. That's where I find solace. That's where I find uh, faith. Um, because I have that at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that you tied it back to connection and just once again, really, really sitting with this, per, this shift in perspective that it's not about what other people are doing to you. It's not about being, having the other person abandon you. It's, and, and the, just the situation, the triggers may, 
may bring up all these thoughts and beliefs and feelings of separateness, but it's a call to kind of go back within and, and, and that's where the self-care, right? That's where the self-care comes in. That's where the tools in comes in to care for ourselves, to maybe parent ourselves or inner child and, and these needs and the validation and all that to then rest and come back home to the truth of, oh no, like I'm really not abandoned, but that separation process though, I mean, it's real though, because especially if you're in the, you know, starting off on the journey, I mean, it's real though. <laughs> like the, the amount of how much you identify with the abandonment, it really, <laughs> it's yeah. tough. It is because you, I think that we go through these, what uh, Dr. Michael Beckwith would call the four kingdoms of consciousness all the time, where we operate from a victim place until we understand that we're actually co-creating with this power and presence that we actually, we actually have more dominion than we know over our thoughts, over our feeling, over all of it, right? And so when we can move out of the victim place of, the, of all of that that you're talking about to I'm co-creating the life I want, I'm going to take my power back. That to me is such, is so far, it's, it's so much more empowering than staying stuck in the mud of this person did this to me and this is what happened and da, 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 da. Although we're going to experience that because that's just the part of um, what, the hero's journey, right? The heroine's journey of uh, needing to be the victim for a moment, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the human experience. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Which is why too, I think the self-compassion is so important in terms of holding yourself while you're moving through shadow and really allowing that grace. in. because I think with unworthiness too, is not allowing or giving, well, what I see with work with clients, right. Is that where the unworthiness piece comes in is having difficulty with allowing the love in like judging the fact that you're human still judging the fact that you have still the abandonment wounding and you have the victim parts and you know and and it's okay that you have and I think that's where the mindfulness comes in right like some of these practices that we're speaking of because it's okay to have these shadow aspects of you there it doesn't make you less evolved either because I see that a lot with clients too is that there's this need for uh to be perfect even on our spiritual walk right it's like it's like why am I feeling this again and then we kind of get caught like getting getting reactive and like playing it out and you know when we're in shadow and in this but to me the unworthiness piece it's it's not about it's knowing truth, right? It's about what you've been talking about, coming back to self and the knowing, but holding yourself still with these vulnerable and tender human parts of you that are always still going to be a part of you on the, that's a part of what makes you human, mm -hmm. but learning how to hold yourself where you don't have to, like you said, tying it back to the beginning, you don't need to seek that approval or that validation, or you don't need to, to try so hard to be seen in relationships that are not, are not for you because when we're not paying attention to these shadow parts and we're walking around with our inner, like little inner children, right. We're just walking around, walking around. And there's that, that addiction piece that comes in, right. Cause it's connection. I think it was like Gabor, I always, I can't say it's Gabber, Gabber made, I'm, I'm probably saying it wrong, but the opposite of a, of addiction is not sobriety, but it's connection, right? And so it's only normal if you, we're talking about, yes, we need to learn how to self-regulate and learn to care for ourselves and soothe ourselves and reparent ourselves and, and practice self-compassion and do the simple things, right? Whether that's, uh, working out, eating right, like all these parts of what it means to be human. And so it's okay if you need support though, and you're struggling. Um, and that's, that's a whole nother topic of discerning what is a safe relationship to, I'm not talking romantic relationships too. I'm just talking about how can you get your needs met in other ways where you're not going directly to romantic relationships? Because I think that's what I see in clients too, is mm -hmm. 
what ends up happening is, is, and sometimes with the shame and the unworthiness is you isolate, you hide, you're swimming in your shadow. You have such a hard time showing these dark parts of yourself, showing your insecurities that you then, you know, attract a romantic relationship that then it's easier to be seen, you know, and, and try to get your needs met that way where you abandon so much where it's still okay if you need to get your needs for connection from other community though. Mm -hmm. I think there's a, that key component where you're talking about loneliness, where we do end up really abandoning ourselves to just, to be, yeah, to be seen and, and, and desired and validated so much. Yeah, I think that the question we have to really look at is what are the unmet needs yeah, that I am looking to others to meet. And that becomes the work we have to do to, to meet within ourselves mm -hmm. of loving myself more of giving myself um, the experience that I'm expecting someone else to give me. I also think that one of the most beautiful moments we can be on on the path and this happened to me many, many years ago, was where I had become aware of the patterning so that I found myself in an unhealthy relationship and I knew I needed to leave it and I had mm -hmm. left it, but then there was this temptation that was bringing me back into the old patterning, the, the seeking to not be abandoned or rejected, the seeking of love, all of that stuff. But I had two worlds going on. I had the world of my higher self knowing, Savannah, this isn't good for you and this is the direction you need to go in because this is what feels better. And then this other part of me that was like, oh, well, this is the familiar old friend <laughs> who, where I was being, it was almost like um, a, a drug of just being tempted to go right back into that. And so when I made the decision, there was a choice point. And that is, I, I think one of the most beautiful places we can be in is when we are at that choice point of, am I gonna go down this path or this path? And time and time again, I went down the path that I knew would not support me. Because in some, like I said, uncomfortable, weird way, I thought it was going to get my need met. Until one day I woke up after doing the work over and over again and the integration started happening where it was like the pain, honestly, the pain became so great. The pain became so great that I got sick and tired of being sick and tired of the same patterning that I kept going back to that eventually I chose the, the, the higher. I chose myself. And, and I would say if, if people were to take anything from this, it would be that, is that you're gonna be in those, those moments where you are, you are aware of what you're doing. You know what you're doing. You know if you're making a decision that feels good to you and you know if you're not. And there's no shame about it. We can let go of the shame, you know, cause we're all on this path of learning, but it's, did I choose myself? Did I finally choose myself? Did I give back to myself the stuff that I'm wanting everyone else to do. For, for us to have healthy partnership, that's where the work starts anyway. Like you have to give yourself the things that you want in a relationship. And, and you know, ultimately that's, that is where it starts is all here, you know, rock bottom. <laughs> I, was, I was smiling so much because I'm like, oh man, you're sharing so much relatable, yeah. just relatable story of where it's like, Yes, 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 yes. So I'm curious what, okay, I love that we're kind of tying it back and coming full circle about unmet needs. Cause I think that that's really what it's really drives it home. Right. And, and I think one of the biggest unmet needs is safety in the body, because when you feel safe in your own body, comfortable in your own body, you're able to hold yourself. You feel safe to be seen. You feel safe to hold your boundaries you're okay with rejection more might not mean that it might not hurt a little bit, but you're like, I got myself, like, I'm not willing to abandon myself. Right. You feel safe and just more secure within yourself in that. But I'm curious, you know, for this, uh, previous, uh, relationship or in general, in the, the, the past experiences that you've had, what sort of unmet needs I'm curious for, for listeners, what sort of unmet needs are we talk, speaking of and talking about? Uh, let's see, communication being a really key one. So wanting someone to hear me out, 
wanting someone to support my dreams, wanting, wanting someone to listen to my project or my uh, passions and uh, wanting someone to validate those things and say, I'm proud of you. That's, you're doing a great job. Um, there's of course the intimacy piece of wanting intimacy and closeness and sexual desire and all of those things. And that too is a sense of validation of you're beautiful, you know, you're, you know, um, you're appreciated, uh, you're supported. And what I, what I had to realize is that all of those things that I was looking for, I wanted from my primary father figure in my life. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't have to be just romantic relationships. I mean, we can, we could relate this to any type of relationship of unmet needs, but it's that, um, that desire to, to want him to be proud of me. And so what did I have to do in my mind? Well, I had to start looking at, well, how can I be proud of me? Mm -hmm. Why do I need someone else to be proud of me? I'm going to be proud of my dreams. I'm going to talk about my vision. I'm going to talk about my business and how amazing I, I find it to be and how excited I am about it. And I'm going to tell everybody about it. And I'm not going to be attached to what they think about it. I am, I'm going to show up so authentically and fully me because of what you're talking about, which is the safety piece because I know who I am, that I'm, I am no longer going to need it from my father or that relationship or that relationship. And by no means am I saying this is an easy process as we pointed out, but it's so liberating when you're there. You know, I think that another piece that we don't often address, and I think some people are afraid to talk about is uh, emotional safety and what that translates to. If I say to someone um, when I'm dating, I, I really need to feel safe. Sometimes that translates to, they, they think physical safety. They're like, well, I'm physically, I'm safe. And I'm like, that's not what I'm talking about. If you were a child who went through a lot of trauma, which many of us, I would say every single person on this planet has some form of trauma. If we don't address the trauma that lives within our bodies, then of course our nervous system is going crazy. And it's just what you said is, really getting in touch with that inner child. What did that child need that they did not get? And how do I love that inner child and know when she is like going crazy because I'm in a situation again where I am like, why did I choose that? I knew that wasn't healthy for me. I knew that wasn't good for me. And this little girl is freaking out inside of me. Then it means I have to come and nurture that aspect of myself. And for me, it can show up as Okay, so little Savannah, it's okay. You're okay. You're all right. Everything's okay, right? <laughs> I'm proud of you. And some people might think it's crazy, but I'm telling you, this stuff, it works. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. <laughs> Your body doesn't know the difference between someone hugging you and you hugging yourself. It's yes, just the I mind that. that ends up interpreting, but it does. Like, you know, and, and I, have to, I, I, you know, share with clients, I'm like, I get that touch and affirmations, your love language. But love, you can give that to yourself. <laughs> you can give that to yourself. Give yourself a nice long massage with yourself and your own touch. And that will soothe your nervous system. That will, you know, and all of that. So I really love, I love you simplifying so much of the needs to around communication. And I think being seen, right? Because I think that's another, another uh way of abandoning self and connection is the potential right of entering connections of oh well I see oh um I they're great I think they're they're enough as they are but um still kind of dismissing certain things and kind of still seeing your potential but then when you get into it then you're like I can't really I don't feel seen or met in the depth of intimacy or <laughs> I feel like they can't see me in the ways that, that I would, that I would like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, that's a common thing uh, in relationship where we seek, uh, as I was saying earlier, the potential in another project, like, let me see if I can change this person, or let me see if I can fix them. You know, if I can just tell them this book that I read or give them all of the spiritual right. and knowledge that I know, then maybe they will change their mind and do the work. Right. And that's not how it works. Like people, I think people have to come to it when they do. And as long as we stay stuck or we stay complacent in with potential and projects, then we never ever actually create the container of what's possible for us. Totally. 
we're we're basically self-sabotaging. We are limiting our good, the good that wants to come in, the joy and the, the potential love that is there. And I think a lot of people think, well, it doesn't exist for me because I'm not worth it, or I could never find it, or I'm just going to stay with this because some of my needs are met, but not all. And to me, that's just such an unfulfilled life. You know, I want it all. And I believe we can have it all. I just think we have to do the work on ourselves first so that you get into a place of your own alignment so that you then draw in because you're radiating, you're radiating all that stuff out that you want in a partnership because you're it, it it is who you are. Then you bring that into your life um, instead of going out chasing for it and (laughs) for it, you know? um, Yeah, it's really, it's big work. Yeah. But it's the most fulfilling, I think, in the end. It is. Well, if you're on the journey, I mean, it's, you can't, you cannot not be on the journey, you know, when you're on the journey. And I think before we, I have you share a little bit about your offerings for listeners. I, one of the things that I love that you said a while ago is you said, you know, it's a process. It's a journey. Uh, it's important to take the next step because, it's just a journey in general. And I think that, I think with unworthiness comes a lot of trying to speed things up, right. And trying to see how can I just fix myself and figure myself out. So then I can finally make it or have it. And that's a whole nother conversation. And, and that's where I think some of these tools that we're speaking of mindfulness, right. Uh, learning to, getting to this place of acceptance. Cause if you're in that energy of, I need to fix myself where I need to, uh, yeah, I, I need to speed things up or arrive. Then you're not, you're not in the place of, of self-acceptance, you know, and that's where you got to go within and sit with yourself, create that space to really sit with yourself and attune to yourself of, okay, what am I needing in this moment? It could be as simple as okay, what do I need in this moment? Okay. I feel really anxious. Okay. What would feel really good right now? Okay. Maybe go and just be in nature first. That could be the first step, right? Cause I think as when we get caught up in that, we get overwhelmed and then we can just shut down because we don't know, I don't know what to do in this moment. And it's just taking the next step really. Yep. It's slowing the, the thought <laughs> process down You know, it's slowing uh, the nervous system down. It's uh, participating in things that make you feel uh, connected to yourself and enjoy. It's listening to your favorite piece of music. It's having your cup of tea or coffee in the morning. It's journaling, it's spiritual practice. You know, those are the things that I do daily in order to keep my mind right, in order to, to stay connected to myself so that I don't go spiraling out in that overwhelm either. So if we just slow it down, that's why I tell people you might, get, you know, off of the dating apps for a while so that you can get to know yourself so they can really start to befriend and make friends with you, all aspects of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Powerful. Okay. I really enjoyed this discussion. We, we shared so many good things. So, so I would love for those who are listening, I would love for you to, to share Savannah, how they can contact you, any offerings that you have for yeah. people who want to work with you. Yeah. So my social media handles, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Savvy Noel. So that's S-A-V-I-N-O-E-L-L-E. And you can also find me on Facebook at Savannah Noel, N-O-E-L-L-E. Uh, the most exciting thing I'm doing right now, which is all about this work actually, is I'm about to launch an eight week program called Get the Love You Deserve that actually addresses all of these topics. So every single week, you'll have a masterclass with me, meditation, journaling prompts, homework. Uh, There'll be five live calls. And um, basically we're gonna go over all of this, like everything from what is a boundary? How do I set boundaries? How do I communicate my needs to my partner? Uh, What is self-abandonment? So we're gonna go deeper into this whole conversation around codependency. Um, and uh, self, I call them radical self-care practices uh, that really bring us back into alignment with ourselves. So um, this is the perfect time to do it. We're going into the new year. I'm launching it uh, January 3rd. So uh, this course will be available all year round, but I would, I would recommend people jump in now because uh, it's exciting. It's, um, it's, it's a really great way to bring in 
the new year. If you are ready to release uh, the toxic, unhealthy stuff and really leap into uh, creating the foundation, like if you're looking for that relationship, uh, we're going to start with the foundation. Or if you're already in a relationship and you want to up level that relationship, like let's say communication is an area of growth for you. Um, we're going to dive into that too. So it's for everybody. And uh, you can find this course. Registration is going to open uh, December 6th next week. Um, let's see. It is savannahnoel.com get slash get the love. So I'll say that again. It's www.savannahnoel.com slash get the love. You can find me there. And yeah, I think that's it. Powerful. And for listeners to all make sure to put her information about even the link to, I'm sure you have a link to sign up, right? I'll make sure I'll attach it all to the podcast. So it's easy access for that. I really, really appreciate you coming on Savannah. Thank you so, so much. Did you want to leave our listeners just one last thing before we end here? (sighs) Well, yeah. What I want to say is just to be gentle with yourself, to take a moment to be proud of the person that you are and to just connect with, uh, with you, just connect with yourself, give yourself the gift of a pause of knowing the amazingness uh, that you hold within you because we all have it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, everybody. So thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to next week. Thank you again.